You are listening to the Food Means Business Podcast, which features the personal stories and secret ingredients behind what it's like to abandon your day job to start a CPG food and beverage business. I'm Janaba Johnson-Jones, former marketing executive turned entrepreneur and founder of food business incubator Hudson Kitchen. Join our community of fellow food business owners and subject matter experts to learn and laugh with us as we explore a startup world that's a little more culinary and a lot less corporate these days. All right, so Megan, welcome to the Food Means Business Podcast. Thank you, Janava. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here as well. So before we jump into all about Little Saints, we'd love to hear about your story going from employee to a founder. Sure. I mean, my story is not linear. (laughs) <laughs> and it took a long time. So anyone listening to this was not like I quit my job and I created Little Saints and that was it. So I was a lawyer from 2006 to 2013 and I didn't have any business training. Like I didn't use any business skills <laughs> after college until my first business. So I was a big corporate lawyer and then I did environmental law, which I love for earth justice. I fought fracking and factory farms. But I am not great at fighting, and I wouldn't say I love it. And I didn't think that I could serve the environment in the best way as a lawyer. I started to think that my own consumer choices were how I was really making a difference in terms of like protecting the environment. And I wanted to create products that would, you know, inspire some sort of change in a joyful way in other people. That was what inspired me to leave my legal career and start trying to be an entrepreneur. But as many lawyers know, you feel like you don't have any business schools, like you feel like you don't have any practical skills. And so I volunteered for a vertical farm. We grew basil and microgreens. And when I say volunteered, I mean, I did free legal work trying to beg them to pay me. I was trying to make them believe I was indispensable, which I ended up being. So that company was farmed here. It was on the southwest side of Chicago. It was the first and largest hydroponic basil farm in the country. We grew basil and microgreens in a 20,000 square foot warehouse and we sold to Whole Foods and it was a beautiful company and I was not one of the founders of that, but that's where I really like owned my food business skills, which was hard. Growing basil, like growing, God bless anyone on this call right now that's listening to this that grows like perishable things and tries to sell them. I'll never do that again. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you were so resourceful and offered pro bono legal work in order to get them to, to hire you. That was amazing. Oh, thanks. When you think about it, it's like, are you really passionate about something? Not that I think that entrepreneurs should work for free, but sometimes a lot of people come to me and they want to change careers or something. Just do a little bit of volunteer work or something on the side and see if you really do like it. And it ended up that I really did like it. So then through Farmed Here, my partners and I in Farmed Here ended up founding the Field and Farmer brand, which is plant-based dips, dressings, and juices. And then after that, I founded Little Saints on my own. But that whole process was eight years. How did the partnership come to be? Before we kind of get into Little Saints, we'd love to hear about the other business first. Oh, sure. It was not traditional. (laughs) So I was at Farm Here and I was their like general counsel and I was doing food safety stuff at the time. And I was helping the founders raise money. And the founders were brilliant. I mean, they did something that had not been done before. And then the venture capital fund that funded us ended up putting me in charge as president. And then they were my partners and they're great guys. And we ended up shutting down the farm. So as an entrepreneur, I have the experience of shutting down a company, unfortunately, and fortunately, because we learned a lot and all of our team members got new jobs. So everyone was fine. 
But then it was my partners from Farm Pier that we started Field and Farmer and the Fresh Factory together. Wow, that's amazing. So you're a corporate lawyer, then you kind of work your way into being a food entrepreneur. Talk about like your transition into beverages. Well, we had done beverages with Field and Farmer. They recently discontinued their juice line, but the Fresh Factory was the umbrella organism. is, it still lives, it's thriving. It is a food incubator and co-packer that makes like fresh HPP dips, dressings, and juices. And so the Field and Farmer brand was one brand of the many that we made. So that company actually made a lot of juice. We made juice, we made tea. So I did have experience making beverages before. And I wanted to take it one step further with Little Saints and really get into like the non-alcoholic nighttime drinking that I was really craving by myself personally. So I've been an entrepreneur in the wellness space for a while now. I eat pretty healthy. I'm pretty conscious about what I put in my body. And yet, until 2022, I was slamming Negronis at night, let's just say. (laughs) (laughs) Especially during the pandemic. I mean, yeah, there was a lot going on. I mean, it was just a stressful, anxiety-ridden time for sure. It was stressful for all of us. We were all doing the best we could. But I started to see that, like, okay, all of the, like, kale and mushroom adaptogen powders and all of the good things I was doing during the day were really being canceled out by the alcohol that I was drinking at night. And I love a good cocktail. I love going to a bar. I love, like, ordering a fancy strong drink. And when I did my first dry January... And when I would take months off from drinking, I wouldn't find anything that was close to a cocktail in terms of like taste, smell, and mood. I mean, there are a lot of products out there that are great, but they are mostly water and flavors, and those don't hold up in a cocktail. And so I wanted to create something that was closer to the taste of a cocktail than what I found out there. So what were your first steps? What did you do first? Well, first I put together the values of the company, honestly because I think that's really important to have from the beginning. So our values are celebrate joy and fun. Not drinking alcohol, it's still got to be fun. A lot of us, including me, relied on alcohol for fun. So it was like, okay, this is going to be fun. Honoring feminine energy in business, which means like trusting our intuition, trusting the way we feel in our bodies and not being afraid to treat our team members with love. And then like source consciously and with intent. I was former my mentor lawyer. I'd really care about my business's impact on the environment. And then just giving back to the communities that are integral in helping us grow our brand. So values first. And then I, I reached out to a food scientist with her master's in adaptogens. Because I could say like, I want a canned mocktail that tastes like a Paloma, which I love, or a Negroni spritz. And I can tell her I want it to be sugar-free. I want it to have like a never-seen-before plant magic blend of CBD, terpenes, and reishi, all of which I know work together to lift my mood. But I don't know the ratios and stuff. And I don't know like how to source the most effective adaptogens. So I worked with the food scientist with her master's in adaptogens to create the product. Can you step back for a second and just tell us what adaptogens are for people that don't know? Oh, thank you. Yes. So adaptogens is a umbrella term, I would say, for ingredients that help us reduce our stress levels. So an example of an adaptogen would be ashwagandha. It would be reishi mushroom, which we use in Little Saints. CBD would even be considered an adaptogen within the term because it reduces stress and anxiety. Got it. Thank you. 
So you've created your values, you found someone to help you develop the recipes. What was the next step that you took? Then I had to find a co-packer, which in CBD beverages is quite difficult. So I found... (laughs) I can imagine, yeah. Oh my Lord, we're (laughs) in it right now. (laughs) So I was living in Detroit. I moved to Detroit alone during the pandemic and I love Detroit. Go Detroit. And I luckily found a co-packer on the western side of Michigan that would do small batches with me. And that was 2021 when there were like insane supply chain issues. And so all I could get was these ugly 12 ounce cans. If you've seen Little Saints now, they're in these like adorable little eight ounce sleek cans. Yeah, it's beautiful. Cute. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, all we could get was like ugly 12 ounce cans. And I was like, I'm not putting those on the internet, but I will try them with the people. So I bought a used corn vending trailer from Wisconsin and she got a glam up. Her name's Baby Mint. So Aww. she's like a, a mint green <laughs> vending trailer. And I sampled those 12 ounce cans and sold them all throughout Detroit and Michigan throughout that summer of 2021. So I launched at the Movement Music Festival in Detroit outside this like amazing club called Spotlight Memorial Day weekend 2021. And then I just continued to go to street fairs and music festivals and sell and sample. And I really wanted to get feedback from my people who are Midwesterners. I grew up in Wisconsin and make sure Little Saints really resonated with Midwesterners before we brought it out to the coast, which is not generally like the approach that most CPG companies take. It's not. It's like, is this going to work in New York? Is this going to work in L.A.? Okay, fine. The rest of the country will follow suit, which may not necessarily be the case, but that seems to be what people think. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I think so. As a Midwesterner, I do see that. And so I know that my people like their cocktails. Sorry to generalize if you're Midwestern and you don't. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that it was like going to taste good to them. So I sampled with thousands of people and many people would come up to the trailer holding a beer in their hand and say, like, I want to drink less or I want to have a second drink that's not alcohol. And I made the product so much better through all of those interactions. I got such great feedback. Specifically, we reduced the sweetness. We launched with Stevia, but then took Stevia out because I learned that a lot of people don't love the taste of Stevia. We decided on the two flavors that we launched with, which were Ginger Mule and Paloma, were the most popular ones. And then I really got better at just telling the story. I mean, I'm such an ingredient geek that I could get lost in it. And then after talking to hundreds of people, I was like, they don't know what I'm talking about right now. They're like, <laughs> what in the hell is a terpene? What are you dressed like? I would dress up like the terpene queen. So I just really made my language more accessible and focused on like, it's a sugar-free mood lifting mocktail with a lot of good stuff in there for it. And it's going to make you feel good. I love you took the time to research and like that whole like, face-to-face interaction with one person and getting their feedback is so important. It's like crucial to developing a brand for sure. Yeah, I'm really grateful for it. Little Saints would not be where it is if I had not sent that summer making everyone in Detroit and surrounding Michigan suburbs try Little Saints. Did you also look at other non-alcoholic brands? Because as you mentioned, there there were some on the market at the time. Oh yeah, totally. I bought everything. My kitchen table had every brand. There are so many great ones that I have so much respect for because they paved the way. Sugar was an issue for me. Most of them have at least like nine grams of sugar in them. And I didn't think anything tasted as much like a cocktail as I would like. 
So talk to me about the flavors because you have a few. And from what I can tell, they're very, very close to an actually alcoholic beverage. So I'd love to hear about those. Yeah, so we've had a bunch of flavors. Right now we have the two OGs, which are Ginger Mule and Paloma. And then we have a Negroni Spritz and a Spicy Bark. They are called by those cocktail names because non-alcoholic is a growing but very new category. And, you know, I want my customers to know what they're drinking and to kind of understand what the use case is. So instead of like an elixir or whatever, it's like this is a Paloma. You probably want to drink this at the times where you would drink a Paloma. Like at night, after work, like on a boat, during the day, sometimes when you want to like take the edge off. Got it. So you've been able to kind of grow your company, I, I think, pretty quickly. And I understand like you have actually previous experience on creating CPG brands and which probably helped to accelerate that growth. But can you talk a little bit about your team? Who are you working with? Who have you hired to work with you or what type of contractors do you work with to run your business? I now have the best team. It took me a little bit, but I'm so happy with the team I've built. So I have Katie, my head of marketing. She's full-time. I have an operations manager, Anne-Marie, who's amazing. She's full-time. Funny enough, I met them both as friends beforehand and just saw the genius in both of them and got them on board with me. I met a really wonderful person, Ashlyn, through the Startup CPG Slack channel. And she does like advisory stuff on financial model and operations. They're such a good resource, Startup CPG. Like they're great. I've actually posted jobs on there as well and gotten some people. So love Slack CPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Slack CPG <laughs> yeah, yeah. team. And then we outsource PR. We outsource social media. We outsource digital ads. So small, lean and mean team with pulling in contractors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where do you see the industry going next? There's been like this trend towards people that want to be sober or not drink as much. Can you just talk a little bit about where you see it going? Yeah, I've been having a lot of great conversations recently with actually a bunch of bartenders giving inbound kind of requests for things. And I think the industry is going towards more functional and like a big, better punch with the flavors and smells. And so the reason people drink alcohol is because it alters our state. Like I don't drink alcohol anymore. I quit since I started Little Saints. A lot of people are like used to that take the edge off feeling that a cocktail or a glass of wine or a beer or whatever gives you at the end of the day. And so they want some sort of like a mood lifting ingredient in their non-alcoholic drink. So there are many non-functional non-alcoholic drinks. And I think the future is functional. I also think the future includes a more well-rounded sensory experience. One thing I didn't mention that was really important to me was to add smell to Little Saints. Subconsciously, the reason that we like wine or anything is because it smells good. It has some sort of a smell that we associate with the positive experience we had when we drank it the last time. So we have a positive experience when we smell the smell again. Many non-alcs don't have any smell in them. So we add what's called terpenes to our mocktails. They're just, that's all it means is like the natural smell molecules that lift your mood. Ours are derived from lemon rinds and hops and lavender. We put those in the mocktail. And then our new non-alcoholic spirit has natural terpenes in it from the Palo Santo. So you started out driving around and sampling the product. What are you doing now for marketing? How are you getting the word out about the product? I can't do that anymore. That summer took it out of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 2023, our goal was we really want to build a brand, right? Like it's a movement. We're creating joy. It's not just a beverage. It's a brand. And I think 2022, we did a lot of events. 
we were, I mean, I think I did an event at least every week. We were really out of building community in person. And that was important to us to like see what parts of the brand resonated and make sure we were talking to our customers in the way that was resonating with them. 2023, we've really focused on optimizing our e-com. So we've grown our email list by 300%. We have increased our returning customer rate. We've really grown our Shopify sales and all of the metrics associated with that. And so that's really like our primary marketing focus because a business to be sustainable, it's got to make money. And that's really what's driving revenue. And the events, of course, many people see us at events and then they might buy us at some other time. But I've found that it's the easiest, shiniest, most fun thing to do. I love events. I love socializing, but it's not often a revenue driver. That's a really good point. I never thought about that before. So great for brand building, not necessarily a revenue driver. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to switch gears here just a little bit. And I'm wondering, how did entrepreneurship change you? I feel like every day being an entrepreneur is just a process of self-evolution spiritually. I meditate and do yoga every day. I have like a really strong practice and entrepreneurship is hard, especially right now. It's been really tough. Like so many unexpected curveballs have been thrown at me. And I think the reason that you have a spiritual practice is to put it into practice when shit hits the fan. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you can't, then what's the point? And so I think that entrepreneurship makes me a better person because I'm constantly improving my self, being a better person, loving myself, loving my team, even when things get tough and just growing in general. We were joking. We were like, we think in the past three months we got an extra MBA and uh, we had like a couple ayahuasca ceremonies, but not really ayahuasca, just work. (laughs) (laughs) It's so interesting. Like, I know you can get a degree in like entrepreneurship and I have an MBA also, but it's, there's nothing like actually doing the work and kind of working through all the tough things that happen being an entrepreneur. So, <laughs> And that's what's so fun about it, being an entrepreneur, like all the stuff that's happened to us in the past couple of months. And we have like been victorious, yes. but no one teaches you that in school. <laughs> Not at all. There's no playbook. <laughs> no. And that's the fun of it. I completely agree with you. I honestly wouldn't change it for the world. As hard as it is, sometimes wouldn't change it at all. It was great. It's great. <laughs> So we have what we call a money bell at Hudson Kitchen that we ring when we're celebrating anything. So I'm wondering what you're celebrating, like personal or professional. Two things. Number one, two weeks ago, we surpassed our 2022 revenue. Oh, yay. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, before the end of June. That's so fantastic. Yes, before the end of June. Thank you. Amazing. Congratulations. Yes, yes, yes. And also, we are opening up another pre-seed round, like a little mini bridge round for friends and family. And I got my first check yesterday. Amazing. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Megan, thank you so much for being with us. Please let everybody know how they can find out all about you and about Little Saints. Sure. So follow us on Instagram at Little Saints Co. I'm at Megan Joe Klein. Our website is littlesaints.com. And we would love for you to send us messages and we'd love to meet you. Thank you. Thanks, Neva. The Food Means Business podcast was produced by Hudson Kitchen. It is recorded at the studio at Carney Point and mixed and edited by Wild Home Podcasting. Our theme song is by Damien DeSandes and I'm your host, Janaba Johnson-Jones. 
follow Hudson Kitchen on Instagram at the Hudson Kitchen. And to get food business bites right in your inbox, sign up for our newsletter at thehudsonkitchen.com forward slash newsletter. Listen, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Until next time.